Girlfriends, episode number 150, five ways to not go insane before Christmas. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about an important topic for us moms this time of year, how to not go crazy before Christmas Day comes. Can't wait to share with you. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Here's the important one. (laughs) And I hesitated about where exactly to time this. And I really think right at the start of Advent is probably the best time to start this because that's when truly we are driving ourselves nuts getting ready for Christmas and stressing about it in various ways. I, I, I'm I going to share with you just five ideas today, but I have like a million ideas and a million thoughts about this because I have done it wrong many, many times. And I'm sure I'm going to continue <laughs> to do Advent wrong and freak myself out and freak out on my family and then I'm going to pick myself back up and and start over. So that's the first thing that I want to tell you going into this topic is it's normal to struggle with this. You know, we we women are the kind of doers and the planners in our families. And all of that really can put a lot of stress on you, especially during the holidays when everyone has their own expectations. There's a ton of extra stuff. There's financial stress. There's uh, physical stress of just being on your feet and on the go all day long. And there's just stress on your family. There's stress on your marriage. I want to just start out by just encouraging you to know that this is something that everybody does struggle with. And um, so let's, let's get our heads on straight as much as we can before we go into the crazy in these coming weeks. And um, let's try to actually have a, a, a good advent Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's not even on my list. Something Advent related. It's mostly about avoiding the the crazy. Um, so let's just dive right in um, into the five different things that I want to share today. And then I bet you'll have some ideas and maybe some um, you know some things that you've learned the hard way over the years of celebrating Advent and getting ready for Christmas. But um, my number one tip. And now, okay, I went through and I made these notes a couple of weeks ago. And then just over the weekend, I was listening to another podcast, which is Catherine Boucher's While You Were Folding. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes, because if you like this podcast, you'll probably like Catherine's too. And she had a list of, she didn't call it How Not to Go Crazy, but um, she was much more reserved in her (laughs) uh, description of her list. But Catherine shared this was her number one thing too. And it matched my notes. And I thought, oh, I can't do that. Now it's going to feel like I'm copying. But no, I'm going to do it because I want to underscore this. This is so important. Have reasonable expectations. Okay. Have reasonable expectations. This is the number one thing. If you know what, if we can all succeed in going into preparing for the Christmas season and celebrating Advent, having reasonable expectations. I think that probably would solve most of our problems because what so many of us are dealing with are unrealistic expectations. And do you know who puts them on us? We do. We do it. And as much as I am aware of it and try to avoid it, I still fall into this trap time and again. And I think part of the problem is that we have so much emotion tied up 
inside of our celebration of the holidays. And especially once we become a family of our own, I'm just remembering back to those early Christmas celebrations. So sweet and so fun and so beautiful in so many ways. And yet also a lot of the times I was freaking out or or I freaked out on the way to get there and not necessary. (laughs) And it was something I was putting on myself. We have so much emotion that's wrapped up in it. We bring our own past, our own past celebrations of Christmas, possibly our own um, joys from the past, but also maybe our own disappointments from the past, things we want to avoid happening we kind of do that. And I know I do this and I still fall prey to this when you're planning whatever it is, a Christmas gathering, um, you're planning a gift, you're planning a Christmas dinner, you're planning Christmas mass, you're planning a Christmas outfit, going to a party, whatever it is that you are planning, recognize that you might also be fantasizing just a little bit about what that's going to be like in an unrealistic way. I know I do this all the time. Recognize that you tend to fantasize as you're planning, like this ideal, oh, it's going to be this glorious moment. She's going to open this perfect gift and the angels are going to sing and there will be light glowing down upon us all. Okay, maybe you don't get quite that dramatic in your fantasies as I do, but recognize that we tend to do that And then it's actually not helpful (laughs) because it sets up unrealistic expectations in our own minds, in our own hearts. And it puts stress on ourselves when we realize we're not going to meet those expectations. Know that you are still going to be dealing with your own limitations and insufficiencies. Even as you're going through Christmas season, things aren't going to change because it's Christmas. You still are, you're going to be in your same marriage with your same husband, with your same kids, with your same in-laws. And let's figure out how to celebrate Christmas. Let's figure out how to observe Advent together inside of who we are, inside of what we're dealing with in a realistic way. That doesn't mean you can't plan special things, but just hold back a little bit on fantasizing about how perfect it's all going to be, how perfect it's all going to feel. And you know what, maybe you do have some perfect memory from your childhood. Sometimes this is why there's so much emotion tied up in what we're planning for Christmas. Maybe you do have this perfect memory of some childhood moment you had. Know that that didn't happen because your mother or your father or your aunt or whoever perfectly orchestrated that moment. It's, you know, it's all grace and grace exists inside of your own home and your own family now. Just, you know make your plans, do the extra thing, do the extra effort and make your special plans. That's all fine and great, but hold yourself back from having unrealistic expectations about how it's all going to come off. You might be surprised by what you're, by the end of it, you know, when it come around to 2019 and you're looking back on your Christmas celebrations, you might be surprised at what was the best Christmas moment for you and your family. And um, when you assess it that way, It might be something completely unplanned by you, something accidental, something every day, something that's run of the mill that turned out to be special just because of God's grace and because of you spending time together. All right. So check those unrealistic expectations at the door at the start of Advent. And, you know, accept the fact that it's not going to all come out perfectly and hold yourself back from those fantasies. Okay. Number two. You can so skip some stuff. You can. It's allowed. 
I know this is easier said than done because we have traditions because they are traditions, right? The thing that we do every year, we do it every year. But recognize that every year is different. Every year, your circumstances are different. Your family has grown up another year. Your family might have changed in its dynamic. Maybe you added a child. Maybe someone moved out. Maybe you have um, your mom staying with you now. Whatever it is, your circumstances have changed. And it's not always going to be the same. And so it's not always going to be reasonable or even fun to do the thing that you always do. And that does not mean that you can't have traditions. And that does not mean that, you know, we don't make an extra effort during the holidays to do some important things together. But if there's something that doesn't make sense anymore and you find yourself fighting it or dragging yourself through it or, um, you know, your family's resisting it, this is a big one. So a good example of this was we always, always, for as long as Dan and I have been married, have sent out a Christmas card with a photo inside. No, not a photo card, a Christmas card with a photo inside and a personalized note to early on, like 150 plus people. And over the years, I kind of culled the list a little bit uh, for the sake of sanity and it became a little bit of a smaller project down to maybe like 60 different people I was sending a card out to. And I did not miss a single year. Some years I was putting them out on Christmas Eve, but I managed to do it. I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed doing that kind of thing. Um, the photo was always the difficult thing. And that brings me to last year. Um, so last year we had everyone home on Thanksgiving, kids from college and whatnot. And so I said, this is it. We're going to take the family photo. I don't, I had let go of, you know, those unreasonable expectations that I battled against in the past with regard to the family photo. And I was just willing to just have everyone gather like outside in the backyard, take a, you know, use somebody's iPhone, take a reasonably decent photo. And I was going to use that photo. My kids resisted me. They were not in the mood to go out and have their photo taken. And I mean the big kids. And they were really negative about it. And I pushed and I pushed and they pushed back. And this really was, I saw my window of time closing to be able to take this photo. Like they were going to be, you know, we had like one afternoon where it was possible for everybody to be in the same place at the same time. And then they were going to be taking off on airplanes for different places. So um, I only pushed so much though. And when I felt them pushing back, I thought, this is unpleasant. And uh, then I thought, why am I doing this? If they don't want it, they don't value it, then why would I put this stress on myself? And I crossed sending out cards off of my list for last year. And it felt like a big deal. It, it bothered me. I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit hard for me to cross that off my list because it's something I have always done. And it's something that's meaningful to me. Um, but it wasn't going to be worth the unpleasantness. It just wasn't. And maybe my kids were totally being brats and it's their fault and they were jerks and whatever. I, that part doesn't even matter. It wasn't worth it to me to to push for that in that moment. And I still could have sent out cards and not even had a photo in it or, you know, I had options and I just chose, you know what, I'm just not going to do this this year. And I didn't do it in a bratty way and don't do that. And I only know about the bratty way because I've done the bratty thing before. Like, oh, fine then. This is something that's really important to me and I'm not going to do it because you're being a jerk about it. No, I wasn't like that. I was just like, okay, that's it. 
and just decided not to push it. And there might be things like that on your list this year. There might be things that your kids have grown up too much to enjoy or to want to be a part of. And it might be a little hard to accept that your family has changed in that way, but it might actually be a good thing and it might be freeing. I freed up a lot of time last Advent season by not doing cards and only periodically feeling weird about it. Um, And I don't know if we're going to do cards this year. I don't know. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. And I'm okay either way. I truly am. And, And that's part of it. Like once you make that decision and you allow a little bit of change in the way you celebrate Christmas or observe Advent, then you kind of do free yourself up a little bit like, oh, I can skip some of the things. I can skip that. It's allowed. And yes, we might intellectually know that in our minds. There's nothing we have to do. But I mean, do you really know it? Do you, Or do you have a list of things you have to do, right? Maybe look at that list a little bit and assess some of it. Maybe some of it's not going to be worthwhile. So you can so skip some stuff. That's my number two tip for getting through the Advent season without going insane. Find the thing that might send you over the edge and cross it off of your list. You don't have to do it. All right. Number three, do what you can ahead of time. And now this is the thing that always got to me, um, especially in my younger years as a mom and when all the kids were little, it was hard to do stuff ahead of time. So I'm going to add to this, do what you can ahead of time, but also be okay with last minute. It's okay. Forgive yourself. I, I used to get so annoyed at some of the ads that I would see in different places that would be like last minute gift ideas. And you know, it's like two weeks to Christmas. Like that's not last minute. (laughs) Give me a break. Let me show you last minute. Um, But no, really, I mean, do what you can ahead of time, what you reasonably can, but then don't make yourself crazy or your family crazy because you have to have all the gifts bought and wrapped, you know, and, and stored away and organized weeks ahead of time. Maybe that's not possible. Maybe it's okay to do a little bit at a time and just be relaxed about that. Um, But if there are things that you can do ahead of time, baking is a good one. If you find yourself, um, maybe you don't do any baking, uh, you know, for Christmas, um, but many of us do, or many of us have that special cookie recipe that we want to try. Um, And just pick an afternoon where you earn a morning where it's not quite so busy, maybe a weekend. And, um, do some baking. And I find that it's helpful to be focused on it. Like things that I've done in the past is I will have, um, now I, I had organized years where I was baking and this was when all the kids were home and I was at home and I don't even think I was working full time. So this was possible. I, um, I baked a different cookie recipe every day and through Advent, that was a lot of cookies. And I had a freezer full of cookies and we kind of did a little project where we put together plates of cookies and brought them to people, which was really fun and nice. But that was a little bit of an elaborate project. But it doesn't have to be that big. You don't have to do that much baking. Um, If you have a certain, you know, bread that you like to make or something that's freezable that you like over the Christmas season, then find a quiet time ahead of time now maybe a Saturday afternoon or whatever, and um, use it for that. Use it for baking in that way. I really loved the idea of, especially when I did my big <laughs> Advent cookie project, I, I, I love the idea of um, making special treats and then storing them away and making the kids a part of that process because they were very aware of the amount of baking that was going on and, and the cookies going into the freezer. And it was really kind of a fun project and I thought nicely symbolic of we're not 
celebrating Christmas yet. We're preparing for Christmas. And um, that was kind of a nice way to underscore that in their in their little hearts and minds. Um, but also in your own, the ways in which you might be preparing, not yet celebrating, but preparing celebrations for the Christmas season. Um, baking is a great one that you can do ahead of time. And I find that kind of batching your work is helpful. There might be just three different baking projects you want to do. Pick an afternoon where you're a little bit more free and just get them all done and, and put them in the freezer. I think that that's really helpful. Also, cleaning projects. If you're having company, don't wait till the day before. Don't wait till like Christmas Eve, Eve, and drive everybody crazy trying to clean up your house. If there are major cleaning projects that need to be done, I don't just mean like surface cleaning, decluttering, whatnot. I mean, if there's a major cleaning project, like you're, I don't, whatever, someplace. Maybe you can't even find your dining room table right now. Um, just it, put it on your list for well ahead of the date because, you know, when that day comes around, you're going to have 10,000 things going on and you're not going to want to do that big gutting project. If that's something you want done before you have company over the holidays, get it done now. Find um, some time now and block it off and focus on it now. Think ahead about what those things might be that you want to get done. And whatever it is, maybe it's some unrelated work project that you know you need to get done before Christmas time. Think about what you can do ahead of time um, with regard to maybe ordering things online. This is the big thing. A lot of us use Amazon for our Christmas and it's awesome. And I'm a huge fan of Amazon and we are Amazon, Amazon prime members and nobody's going to take that away from me. But there was one year, um, gosh, actually it even happened a little bit last year, but I think it was the year before last that I, I don't know what went on with Amazon, but absolutely every single thing we ordered pretty much to an item, um, was kind of delayed. And we didn't get it on the date that they said we were going to get it. And there were some that even came after Christmas as a result of that. So um, being aware of that, if you're going to be ordering things online, I'm just going to tell you, you can't trust what Amazon says. Like up until the last minute, they'll be like, you know, you still can get expedited shipping and it'll be there December 24th. Well, it might not be. Just prepare yourself for that. And it's okay. Those things that year that arrived after the fact, nobody freaked out. We we, we did our best. It was disappointing for sure. Um, and a couple of them that we really wanted, we, we just went out to a store and bought instead and replaced it that way. Um, but it was actually kind of fun and nice to get a couple of gifts after December 25th that year. And, you know, so decide what you, what you can be okay with. And um, if you are going to be ordering things online, I really do recommend that's one of the things that you plan to do ahead of time. And, you know, it's so funny. After we get into this mindset of ordering online, I mean, there's so it's so convenient in so many ways, especially if you're having it shipped directly to people that you're giving the gifts to. But for your own kids, the stuff that you're having come to your house, for your own family, the stuff that you're going to wrap and all of that, um, think about it ahead of time. And then recognize that our, our online mentality isn't always the most convenient because you are waiting for things to arrive. And um, a couple of times last year and the year before, Dan and I have planned these kind of date nights where we're going out shopping, um, you know, regular Christmas shopping, like maybe actually go to a mall. Like, do those even exist anymore? <laughs> the one nearest us has like three stores left in it. It's kind of sad and kind of weird. Um, but 
actually going out to a store and and buying the items um, that you want to give for gifts. One thing that struck me about that was I was so much in the online mentality that we came home and I had the gifts and I could wrap them right away. And I felt like, oh my gosh, this is so convenient. We just went out and we bought the item and I have it right now. <laughs> it's kind of funny the way your mindset shifts. Um, and there's good and there's bad about both ways, but be open and flexible about the ways in which you might be purchasing things and do what you can ahead of time, especially if you are going to be ordering online, if you're an Amazon Prime babe like the rest of us. All right. Number four, make room for Jesus. Oh, I did have Advent on my list. <laughs> Here I was chastising myself at the beginning. Um, make room for Jesus in your plans. I know this is obvious, right? The reason for the season is Jesus. He's the reason. And yet we always forget. I always forget. I get lost in the hubbub. It's so easy to do. Make some room for peace, for quiet. Maybe right now, because it's ahead of time, on your calendar, schedule, block out a time, like some random Friday evening Thursday, whatever, and just block it out and don't schedule anything for that time. And then when that time comes around, think of something quiet, nice to do. Maybe just going for an outside walk together with your family, um, maybe making a visit to an adoration chapel, um, maybe spending some time praying together as a family, listening to Advent hymns, whatever whatever suits you, whatever you can manage in that moment. And be careful. That's why I didn't say to plan it ahead of time, because yeah, I know what you're going to do. I, I know. Yeah. You're going to over plan and you're going to set these big expectations for this great holy moment you're going to experience together as a family. Now, just block out that time. And then when that time arrives, figure out what's reasonable to do inside of that space with whatever family members are there to join you for it. But make that time for peace. Make that time for quiet. If you regularly have a holy hour, don't skip it during Advent season, even if you're tempted to steal back that hour for your own projects. Make room for God in your life, maybe in a new way. Maybe begin um, to pray some um, new devotion together. Maybe pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet. Maybe pray a Novena. Maybe, um, oh, the St. Andrew's Novena is a beautiful prayer. Um, that's one that many people recommended to me um, on Instagram recently when I was asking for their Advent ideas. But make room for God in your life in a new way. And it might just be making a different time for prayer in your day or making an opportunity to go outside five minutes, breathe some fresh air, and connect with God. Keep it simple though, okay? Don't do the thing, I know. There might be a new prayer practice or sacrifice that you want to do during Advent. Think about that. Advent actually is like a mini Lent. It's meant to be a mini Lent in our preparation for the Feast of Christmas. And that means it's a penitential season, technically, but so many of us do not observe it that way. And I'm not saying that to, you know, chastise anybody, but... um think about maybe there is a penitential practice that you want to take on for uh, the season of Advent in preparation for the Feast of Christmas. Maybe it could be just something very personal, something that you might give up for just that short amount of time. It's a mini Lent. You can do it. It's actually not that long. Okay. My last tip for getting through the Advent season without going insane is to realize that Christmas is a season. 12 days of Christmas, you know the song, right? 
why are we so focused on December 25th making ourselves and our families crazy? I know. I know that, you know, everyone else on your block is going to have their Christmas tree out on the curb with the trash on December 26th. But that doesn't mean it has to be you. And I have found so much relief in recognizing that sometimes that you don't have to have everything done by December 25th. And I have always admired, there's another family that I know that really does celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. That I'm never going to do that. I recognize my limitation there. That's never going to be us. But I, I like the inspiration that I can get from that, that they sort of spread out the celebration over the 12 days of Christmas and really celebrate it for a whole season. Um, it takes the pressure off. Not every single thing has to be done by December 25th. And, you know, some of those traditions that maybe you're not going to do this year or you're tempted to skip, maybe after December 25th, they're going to feel doable during that, you know, Christmas break. The kids are going to be home. Maybe some of those projects are things that you didn't get around to and you're feeling guilty about. It's okay. You can do them during that week. Um, I used to try to do gingerbread houses with the kids and try to get it done, I don't know, probably like three days before Christmas. And that was really a bad plan. Um, since then, we've done gingerbread houses with the kids, not every year, but um, some years. And most notably, a recent year when we were all snowed in. It was very cozy and fun um, during that week after Christmas. And we've done it on New Year's Eve sometimes, um, sometimes with friends, sometimes with family, sometimes just us. And it's really a fun way to kind of spread out that celebration, but also spread out the crazy. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's spread out the crazy a little bit and actually enjoy some of these things. So, um, and gingerbread houses is just an example, whatever, fill in the blank with whatever the thing is that you're not getting around to that you really do enjoy. And yet it takes so much effort and you're not sure if you're going to have time for it. Um, so yeah, whatever it is, Give yourself permission to do it during that week between Christmas and New Year's, perhaps, um, when kids are home and maybe you have time off of work or whatever's going on. One thing that's fun to do, and I've done this a few times, is to plan a party for the 12th day of Christmas, for the last day of Christmas. It doesn't have to be on the last day of Christmas. You can do it on the 10th day or whatever. I don't... I don't have a calendar in front of me. So whatever happens to be the weekend or whatever works. But that is kind of a fun day to um, fun way to mark the fact that Christmas is a whole season and remind people, you know, toward the end of the Christmas season, it's still Christmas and we're still celebrating. Um, so that's kind of a fun way to do that. You don't have to have a big party. Actually, the parties that I used to plan for the last day of Christmas were tea parties. And I would just invite females, friends, sisters, mom, whatever. And um, we would have like fancy cookies and, and tea. And that was really fun. Um, hmm, I'm getting inspired. But I'm not going to add it to my list. I'm going to I am going to prayerfully discern whether or not that should be on my list for this year. <laughs> and you can join me in that. Um, so that's it. Uh, realize that Christmas is a long season and give yourself permission to do some of the stuff later. Know that you don't have to get every single thing done um, before December 25th. So those are my five tips. Five ways to not go insane before Christmas. One, have reasonable expectations. Number two, you can so skip some stuff. Number three, do what you can reasonably ahead of time. Number four, make room for Jesus. And number five, realize that Christmas is a long season. But you probably have some ideas to share. How do you not go insane? What thing did you cross off your list last year that you really recommend other people consider doing too? What new way of doing something did you find that really was helpful to you in 
observing Advent and celebrating Christmas last year, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, or connect with me on social media, or do that thing I love, connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer and leave a voicemail is in the show notes of every episode of the Girlfriends Podcast that are available at ascensionpress.com. Or you can just record a voice memo on your phone and then email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick little break here and be right back. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascension presents. That's youtube.com slash ascension presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And now it's time for a little bit of feedback. I have just one email that I want to share this week and then reply to it. So this week I received an email from listener Alyssa who says, Dear Danielle, my fiance David and I are planning to be married in 2019 and we are asking all the couples we know to share some marriage advice with us. Since I listened to your podcast, I thought I should ask you too. What is your number one piece of marriage advice to share with a newlywed couple? Thank you. And thank you for girlfriends, Alyssa. Oh, I'm so honored, Alyssa. And what a great idea. If anybody knows anybody who's getting married in 2019, this is a fantastic idea to go around and just ask people for their number one piece of marriage advice. And this is actually really near and dear to my heart, of course, because my daughter, Katery, and her fiance, Brian, are planning to be married in 2019. And that is on our minds as well. Um, so I thought about this a little bit, Alyssa, and it's really hard because, well, you all know, I love to give advice. Um, but it's hard to narrow down exactly one thing that I might want to say. And ultimately, um, I think the number one thing that I think it's important for young couples to know going into their marriages is it's going to be better than you're expecting and it's going to be worse than you're expecting. Both of those things are true. And, you know, all of this, I've been thinking a lot about marriage prep because, you know, my daughter's involved in it. And I'm I'm thinking about the different ways in which we prepare for marriage and the whole idea of the, you know, the, the concept of marriage preparation. I think it's great, all the different things that we do for it um, and the different ways that they're being taught about what marriage is and preparing themselves. That's all great, but absolutely nothing can actually prepare you for your marriage. I, I'm a big believer in that. Same way nothing can actually prepare you for motherhood. You just have to do it and you have to mess it up and fix it and go back and get yourself together again and try it again and work hard and mess it up again and learn from that and put yourself back together and try it again. That's what you have to do. Um, so that said, when I reflect back on like what I thought about marriage going in, I mean, what a joke. I mean, honestly, and and I'm not saying this to say that, Alyssa, your ideas of marriage or my daughter's or whatever are a joke, but it, it truly is it's impossible to understand and be properly prepared for marriage. And that's how God intends it. He intends us to kind of learn on the job and that's okay. So that's really my number one piece of advice is to know that it's going to be better than you imagine and it's going to be worse than you imagine. And not to be negative, but I do want to focus a little bit on that worse than you imagine because the better than you imagine, fantastic. That's great, you know, but the worse than you imagine, if you're not prepared for that ahead of time, 
if you're not prepared for just how hard it's going to be sometimes, you're, you might find yourself discouraged and disillusioned and wondering, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with us? And those are those moments, those difficult moments inside of your marriage, especially inside of a young marriage where um, Satan himself will be whispering in your ear, you messed up, you married the wrong person. You know, th this is all a mistake. You never should have done this. And imagine how vulnerable a young person is to hearing that kind of message in those discouraging moments when it's hard inside of marriage. So it's going to be so hard sometimes that you do want to quit it. It's going to be so hard sometimes that you're going to question whether or not you should have married this person, whether or not this truly was God's will. It's going to be so hard. He or she is going to be such an unbelievable jerk that you cannot believe it. That's, that's marriage. And that's figuring out how to get along with this other person and share your life with this other person and love this other person through that. And that's why I believe marriage is a sacrament because we need all that sacramental grace to get through it. We need it and to get through those hard times. But I do want to just caution you that it's going to be sometimes harder than you knew. And um, when I was thinking about this, when I read your email, Alyssa, I remembered um, this, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, my absolute most favorite marriage song is Dancing in the Minefields by Andrew Peterson, who is a Christian artist. I love him. Look him up. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Dancing in the Minefields by Andrew Peterson. Look up the YouTube because he has a beautiful video that goes with this song. But the song itself is just absolutely beautiful about marriage and about um, actually getting married young. And um, that really he compares it to Dancing in the Minefields. Like, deciding to do this dangerous thing together, this daring, dangerous thing that leaves you vulnerable, deciding, the, you know, that's crazy. And yet choosing somebody that you're going to do it, do that with anyway, that it's worth doing anyway. And one of the lines in the song is, this is harder than we knew, but I believe that's what the promise is for. And I reflect on those words often because I think they are so very true that there are times inside of our married relationships where we are more committed to our marriage, the promise that we made, than we are to that other person who is being such a jerk or is driving us up a wall or is being so inconsiderate or whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank with what is driving you crazy about your spouse. And it might be something very, very legitimate. But that doesn't mean you, you are not in this committed relationship. That doesn't mean that. And I think just reflecting a little bit on um, what marriage actually is, recognizing the ways in which you might be um, treating your marriage as a contract, this idea, which is a very secular thing, going into it like, I will make him happy and he will make me happy. That's the arrangement. And whenever one of us fails to do that for the other, then that's a breach of contract and we can get out of it. Well, of course, that's not the Christian view of marriage, which um, the Christian view of marriage is as a covenant where what your end of the deal is has nothing to do with whether or not the other person is holding up their end of the deal. You are giving yourself over. You are giving your life over to this other person. You are making a gift of yourself to this other person. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. And that is indissoluble. So reflecting a bit on that, I would recommend that you spend some time doing that, maybe together as a couple, maybe praying over that, Alyssa. Um, I think that that's a really helpful way to go into marriage. And 
inside of those moments that are going to come where you are surprised by how amazing it is and that you never thought it could be this good, uh, I pray that you'll enjoy that. And I pray that you will enjoy that to the fullest and that God will bless the two of you inside of your marriage. I'll be praying for you, Alyssa and David. I invite everyone listening because we are a prayerful community here at Girlfriends. I want to invite everyone to pray for David and Alyssa and their upcoming marriage. Also, I'm going to request prayers for my daughter, Katery, and her fiancé, Brian, as they prepare to be married in May of this coming year. And let's pray for all engaged couples, all couples who are preparing for marriage, discerning marriage, because this is the bedrock of our church, future marriages, the future families that are going to be built on top of these marriages. So um, a wonderful opportunity for us to kind of come together and pray as a community and speaking of community, if you are not already part of our Facebook group for the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to invite you to join us over at facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast. The link will be in the show notes if you can't remember that um, or if you're driving or whatever and you can't click over right now. You do need to request to join because it's a private closed group. And know this, that we are doing this to build a community of people who are encouraging and supportive of one another, a place where you can safely ask questions, safely be vulnerable, safely share something you're struggling with. So it is a closed group. So that means you have to request to join. And then once you do join, the other people that you're friends with on Facebook can see that the group exists and that you're part of the group, but they can't see anything that you share inside of the group unless they are also members. So um, I'm hoping to encourage a little bit of privacy in that way, um, because I know some of you have, and you've shared with me that you have unsupportive family and you are looking for a place to kind of share about your faith a little bit, share some questions you have about your faith or things you're struggling with, um, but you'd rather not all of your Facebook friends were aware of that. You don't want to share that with everybody. Well, this group is an opportunity for you to do that. Also an opportunity for you to give feedback on the show. Also an opportunity for you just to connect and form um, friendships and relationships with other people who share your values. We're all here on Girlfriends. We have this much in common. So let's get together on Facebook and continue our community there. Thanks. And lastly, I just want to mention that I have a newly designed retreat that if you are interested in possibly having me come to your parish, to your community, to your women's group to put on a retreat, um, I have designed a retreat based on the themes in my newest book, You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. I've been sharing about the book in recent weeks here, um, but those themes are looking at women in the Old Testament and what we can learn about God's unique love for you and the unique calling he has for you based on those stories of women in the Old Testament, really looking at those biblical stories with a fresh perspective, considering a feminine, a feminine point of view inside of these Old Testament stories. So like I said, I have a retreat that it's a day retreat. It's structured very similarly to my You're Worth It retreat in that it's all inside of four to five hours and it's flexible depending on your group and your group's needs. But if you want more information about the You're Worth It retreat or this newest one, You Are Enough retreat, you can go to daniellebean.com slash retreat and learn more about those different kinds of options. And you can fill out a little form to request more information about possibly having me come to your group, your community, and what's involved with all of that. 
Thanks so much for listening today. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for all the ways you share I See You on social media, the ways in which you support the Girlfriends podcast. Thank you for those of you who've been leaving iTunes reviews. Those really do help. So if you have a moment to click over there, give me a rating and a review. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe, okay? I need you to subscribe because I don't want us to miss out on the connections that we can make every week here at Girlfriends. I'm wishing all of you and praying for all of you to have a blessed Advent. Know that you're in my prayers every week and that I'm so grateful for your presence here, for your participation in the Girlfriends community. Thanks so much just for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 